0: Riverside good morning good afternoon good evening whenever you're listening to us welcome to garage takes it's your first time listening welcome hopefully you enjoyed the show and make sure that if you have not done so already you give us a like follow subscribe to the podcast leave us a five-star review positive comment goes a long way and it is the best way to support the podcast as we try to bring you guys some engaging content every week but Brant I don't know about you but it feels like winter has come earlier than I was anticipating. When I was doing my leaves like a matter of a week ago and it was 72 degrees, now I am freezing cold in my garage, man. And I know where you're at, you guys are getting hit right now with some snow, aren't you?
1: Yeah, it's starting to pile up outside. Um, But we know we got this great fall weather into mid-November, so I guess we have to take that for what it is. And then, uh, you know, in a matter of hours, it flips to, okay, we're in winter mode. Get ready for that. It's probably not going anywhere until, I don't know, Dave, late March, early April. <laughs> you know how it is. Maybe mid-April. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get a snow shower in like mid-April, and you're nope. like, I thought we were done. No, not here. Not in this state.
0: Nope. And the best part is... You're like, oh, I'm prepared at least. I got the snowblower out there. I'll have to. Because you, I mean, I, I was looking at your weather report. It says like six to nine inches or something like that. So yeah. you think you're all squared away, and then you head out to that garage and you're kind of cold, kind of miserable, and you go to fire that snowblower up. And what normally happens, Brant?
1: Yeah, it doesn't work every single year. <laughs> you got to get the carb choke yep. out. you got to give it a every, spray. Yep. Um, give it a little luckily,
0: spray. Put a little seafoam in there.
1: Luckily for me, Dave, I'm not CJ Stroud, so I am not afraid to go out into the conditions to get the job done. You know what I mean?
0: Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Bringing the heat already, huh? Shots well, <laughs> fired. You're not scared of Ohio State. I can tell. I can tell. I like it. I like it. We are a matter of days away right now from... Michigan and Ohio State, but as Jim Harbaugh would be sitting next to me telling me, uh, next game, next game up, and that's all that matters. So uh, Illinois is on the schedule for Michigan this weekend, and here we are sitting at 10-0. and And Brant, I, I mean – I don't know what to. I don't know what to say, man. I was like, so I was at the Nebraska game, as you know. Kate and I went, had a great time. Um, got to hang out with your brother as well, which was a good time. But it's just like another one of those games where it was just a dominating performance. I'm not really sure we saw anything different. I think it's just kind of what this team is. They suffocate you. They're going to run the ball and get out of there with like another thirty point win. So here lies Illinois. And I want to know, Brant, this is the last time that Michigan gets to see the field before tuning up here against uh, Ohio State. This is potentially the last time Blake Corum steps foot in the big house. It's crazy you think about that, right? Some of these guys, the last time they're going to they're gonna take a snap in the big house. And, and that brings a whole other level of, of importance. And Illinois... Illinois, just a matter of like two weeks ago, was like number 14 or 15 in the country. And then I think that sink back to reality with back-to-back losses here. And, I mean, the Big Ten West is just an absolute mess. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to make of it, and it's just it's a down year for the Big Ten. But I want to know, they're not a slouch, though, and I, I'm not looking past this game by any means. We know they have a stud running back in Chase Brown, I think he's going to play. We'll see. But Brant, what do you want to see? What are you expecting to see this weekend um, with a noon kickoff here, Michigan, Illinois?
1: I'm done making uh, player predictions on injuries, Dave. I'm out of it. I told yeah. everyone last week Josh Allen wasn't going to play. And who's I wasn't going to bring him? it
0: up. I wasn't going to bring <laughs> it up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Gage uh, texted I-
0: me actually and said, "He goes, I thought Brant ruled out Josh Allen." <laughs>
1: I did I did rule out Josh Allen but uh turns out my insider information was not correct. Um anyway, so I'm not going to speak on uh Chase Brown um with or without him. I I don't know if he's going to play, but I don't think it matters much. Um I know it will matter in the in the fact of he might have 100 yards rushing, whatever. Uh Michigan may give up some yards on the ground that they haven't really given up this year because that's what Illinois does and that's what they that's who they want to be as a ground-and-pound team, Michigan's got to be ready for that. And they haven't been really tested on the ground a whole ton. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, DeVito, the quarterback, Dave, I know in the past, past Michigan defenses, we've struggled with mobile quarterbacks. That's been kind of a bugaboo for us. So I'm looking at that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what Blake Corum can bring in this game. I know he's got a little. He's a little banged up himself. He's been going through it a little bit. Um, could you imagine another 150 yards and a couple touchdowns? Don't you think the Heisman would be on the line in Columbus?
0: Yeah, I, I think that that is exactly what Blake needs to do. If that's you know if he's going to be in the the conversation. I mean, I think he he is in the conversation. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you put you put a good performance here and, and like it you know brand it's kind of weird I, I if i were to li- listen back to our podcast we haven't even talked a lot of Bla- blake blake this year uh it, it's the year started as you know all the talk was about the quarterback questions about the defense we talked about the o-line uh, you know i'm a huge donovan edwards fan i mean we're both huge blake fans but just blake quietly just gets you between 150 and 200 rushing yards like every week, and at least a touchdown. Those are Heisman numbers, and I I think that he is banged up. But you know what? Everybody at this point in the season is a little banged up. Everybody's working through something, and Blake is he's a, he's a go getter, man. He's gonna he's gonna get out there, and I think you're gonna see a really good game from him. I think it's gonna be cold in the big house, and I think you're gonna see just another typical Michigan performance I I do and I think that if he to your point goes into Columbus and gives you 150 and a touchdown or two or whatever yeah you're going to have a hard time convincing me that he not only belongs in New York but has a real shot at being the Heisman this year
1: Dave I do have a question for you what are you expecting from us uh, the passing game in this the passing game in this specific game what are you expecting to see?
0: What am I expecting to see or what am I hoping to see? No, what do, you ex- yeah, what do you expect?
1: <laughs> like, are you just thinking, oh, they'll just probably come out with some token play action. Uh, you know how they found Ronnie on that play action play, wide open in the end zone against Nebraska. Is that something that you're expecting to see a little bit more, is just maybe we'll just do the do the play action stuff, kind of vanilla Nothing too crazy. Uh, haven't seen the flea flicker this year really at all. The end around haven't is needed to. On. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah sure. Um, haven't needed to, but um, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be terrible to see it if.
0: It, no, it wouldn't be. I mean, and that's why I said, what do I expect to see, or what would I like to see? I, yeah, I mean, I, I think we've been begging for this for weeks, and we haven't seen it. I mean, Brant, there's only two games left at this point, so. We've been asking for quite a while. Um, I think J.J. McCarthy's kind of, I don't want to say taking some heat, but people are asking some questions. People are asking questions about Harbaugh's ability to develop a quarterback. I just think, I, I think J.J., I still think J.J. is really good, and I think that the potential is there. I don't feel like we've seen the potential of this offense, but I think we've seen just what this offense is. And if you're asking me what I expect to see, I expect to see exactly what I've been seeing. And that is probably 150 yards passing, maybe a touchdown. I mean, and that's it. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say, Brant. I mean, do you have different thoughts about that? What are you expecting to see? You think they're going to try <laughs> something that they've been kind of holding out on or what?
1: I don't, I don't think so either, Dave. I think it's going to be another workman-like performance. Um, that doesn't mean that I don't want to see it, you know, like, I, right, you know, right. lost lost piece on this team is like, where's AJ Henning? Is he just is he just he doesn't get offensive snaps anymore? Are we just done utilizing him kind of as a Swiss Army knife? I don't get it. Um, it's kind of frustrating to watch it, to be honest with you. So, um, I, I, I'm hoping I get to see him this Saturday, but I, I doubt we do because he's just kind of fallen out of the offensive rotation, Dave. Um, and then I guess I guess just my last question on this whole. Uh, game is do you think this falls into the trap game category
0: yeah I think anytime you've got your biggest game of the year against obviously your biggest rival you have a you have a possibility to slip up and overlook because you're looking ahead at Ohio State and all your goals are right in front of you you have to stay focused and I think Jim Hart yes it can't it has the potential to be a trap game I think Jim Harbaugh does a really good job of keeping this team focused on what's in front of them. I know it's coach speak. I know all coaches say it. I do genuinely believe that that is how Jim operates and has his team prepared to play. So I don't see them having major issues in this game. It may be close, like a Rutgers type of game or Penn State or you name it in the first half, but... Brant, in the last what four or five games at this point, Michigan is outscoring opponents in the second half 117 points to three. <laughs> like, I just think they're going to suffocate them again in the second half. That's that's what I that's what I think.
1: Yeah, that's like the hot button so. stat that everybody's using right now. You know. Is how good Michigan's second halves have been. So, I mean, that's kind of a little bit of a role reversal from the history of Michigan football, at least as we've known it, Dave. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're kind of used to them squandering leads or playing it way too close to the vest with a, a undermanned opponent. So, it is nice to see this, Dave. So, all right, Dave, we're gonna. Are you got anything more? Let
0: let let me let me hold on. Actually, but, but yeah, I just had one more question for you, Brent. Before we get into this next segment. Do you feel like Jesse Minter is an upgrade from Mike McDonald? Do you feel like they are the same? Do you feel like Mike was a little bit better? And I know we haven't seen the Ohio State game yet, but I was just thinking about this. And I don't know, I, I'll pose that question to you, Brant. What do you think?
1: I don't think we have that answer yet. Uh, and I know that's kind of an easy out. Um, but really... Jesse Jesse Minter hasn't had to go up against the likes of Kenneth Walker like he did last year, you know, Mike McDonald. That kind of threw a whole wrench into the defensive game plan, and it was a bad look for Mike. So um, I'm going to reserve that right until after the Ohio State game because what Mike did last year with Ojabo and Hutchinson, um, having those guys screaming off the edge, and, I mean, yeah, he had a couple of stars, but he used those stars to his advantage. And they got it done. So I'm going to reserve that right right now, Dave. And uh, I'll say he's doing a heck of a job. But I, I can't say he's quite McDonald level just yet.
0: That's fair. I think that's I think that's probably where most people are at. They want to wait and see what everyone will remember from Mike McDonald is the the next man up out of the down the Don Brown era that couldn't stop Ohio State, couldn't make adjustments crossing route after crossing route like we we saw something different last year so it's hard to see mike leave but it's hard not to give credit to no, no matter who they've played to jesse minner and that defensive staff because of the clear adjustments that they do make at halftime i think that does come down to coaching so yeah i, I time will tell here in a matter of days when they get to columbus but jesse minner seems to have been a very um a very good addition and a smooth transition from what they had in mike mcdonald so all right brant kicking it over to you designed a little segment for us tonight
1: yeah dave i think it, i think it'd be kind of cool for us to do a little bit of a judgment uh segment so i'm going to ask you to get your gavel get your gown get your uh wig on and uh you know court's going to preside dave and uh you're going to be judge brooks okay and I'm going to ask you to take on the case of the CFP court. Um, okay, Dave, you'll be taking on the case of a one-loss Michigan or one-loss Ohio State, and what would need to happen for them to make the playoff? Do they deserve to make it over a one-loss TCU or a one-loss Clemson? I mean, let's let's treat both of these examples, Dave, of the Clemson and the TCU. Let's treat them as conference champions, okay? And let's say yep. USC is lost.
0: All right, so Pac twelve's out at that point. Um, I I think that it's an in, it's an interesting question. I'm going to tackle this two different ways. So the first is this: I think if Michigan beats Ohio State, okay, so now you're talking about Ohio State being the one lost team. I. I don't I just have a feeling. Like I, I have a feeling that the, the CFP committee wants to see Ohio State in there more like they just think that Ohio State is better than they are for some reason and may, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but just where they've been ranked all year, I'm not overly impressed with Ohio State. Um I don't I guess that I Man, I don't know. I guess that win over what they beat Notre Dame wasn't it early in the uh, the season? Yeah, they beat Was that who they Notre Dame
1: by, They beat Notre Dame at home, first game of the season. By okay. 11.
0: So so that game, which like seemed like a really good win at the time, aged really poorly. It's looking a little bit better because Notre Dame's won some games recently, but Ohio State has a really weak schedule, and so does Michigan, and so. Here's my argument, I guess, as to, like, do I think, if you ask me the question, do I think Ohio State and Michigan are better than TCU and Clemson, I say yes, I think both of those teams are better. That's just my opinion, though, from watching football. Nobody cares about my opinion. The committee certainly does not. I have a hard time believing that, and I'm even talking myself out of one loss Ohio State right now, I have a hard time looking at the strength of schedule and putting in a one-loss Michigan or Ohio State team over a one-loss TCU um, or Clemson team. And this is why. Now, I don't necessarily agree with this, Brant, but I know that this is what the committee looks at. They look at strength of schedule, but they're also looking specifically at top 25 teams and how many have you beaten and that is something that they take that they take into consideration and it's not where these teams that they beat end the year it's where where they were ranked when they played them and so brant michigan has beaten how how many ranked teams in the top 25 this year
1: i'm going to say penn state and uh Maybe Iowa's, no, Iowa couldn't have been ranked. Uh, So I'll say Penn State, and they're what, 12 right now, Dave? 12 or 11 in the uh, CFP ranking? Maybe 10. They are. They're 10? They are. Okay.
0: Yep. Uh, I don't know. They're somewhere between 10 and 12, but my point is Penn State's their only one. That's your only top 25 win, Brant. That is, that's hard to sell. So the only other top 25 game you've even played then is Ohio State. So you lose that, that doesn't look good. And then Ohio State, I mean, they do have the Notre Dame win, and they have a Penn State win, so they at least have two top 25 wins. But that's it for them. Brent, when I look at TCU, they have wins against, and I know, and trust me, I when I read this, I, I recognize that these teams have not finished their seasons well. But they beat Oklahoma, they beat Kansas, they beat Oklahoma State, they beat Kansas State, and most recently they beat Texas. All of those teams, when they played them, were top 25 teams. So if you're talking strength of schedule, you're you're matching that up to what Michigan and Ohio State have done, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't see the committee doing that. But I could be wrong, obviously. And then... I Look at Clemson. I was just bringing up their their schedule too. So they have three top twenty-five teams. And trust me, Clemson. I think if you're asking me between TCU and Clemson, like give me TCU all day. Clemson has has not had a strong schedule, and they just got dusted by by Notre Dame. But their three top twenty-five wins are against Wake Forest, North Carolina State, and Syracuse. That's it. I mean, these are not impressive resumes. They're not. TCU has the most impressive resume if you're looking at just where teams were ranked when when they played when when they played those teams. So you asked me, would they deserve to be in? I I don't think so, Brant. I don't, and I know that's maybe not a popular opinion, but that's how I feel. I think Michigan in particular and Ward Manual and the university shot themselves in the foot when they got rid of a game this year that was supposed to be playing against UCLA, but in, in UCLA who is a really good team and switched out for another garbage non-conference game that made the university more money to have another home game. That's what happened, Brant. And they were going to regret that. I do, I do think that because nobody nationally disagrees that Michigan is a really good football team. Everybody also agrees that their non-conference schedule was complete trash. And they should have. They've been favored in every single game so far. And so are a lot of really good teams, right? So I'm not saying like that is the telling stat. But they haven't played good teams. The Big Ten is not good this year. It's just not. And there's no way for me to, you know, to doll it up, make it look better, look, make it look prettier. I don't see it, so that's how that's how I feel on that's my that's my ruling on that. I'm saying no, they don't they don't.
1: So you're ruling in favor of the of the one loss Clemson or one loss uh, TCU? But it sounds really, really like really TCU. I, TCU. I, yeah, I don't yeah. really even want to toss Clemson okay. in that. Okay. Um, yep.
0: yep. All right. So can, can I so, can I ask you
1: or yeah, go no, ahead? I just you have a real thought? quick, I do have one question or not one question, one comment, I guess on that, Dave. How great would a UCLA win on the resume look right about now?
0: Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I mean. Here's here's another thing that I was thinking about, too. Recency bias does come into play, and it's like as wonderful and fun as it is to have Thanksgiving weekend every year and have this Michigan-Ohio State game, it kills the team that loses this game and their hopes. And – I just think that hat if this Michigan Ohio State game was like an October game, let's say, and let's just say let's just say Michigan lost that game, like lost in a close game. Of course, it's a big deal at the time, and then as the next like five or six games go on, they win out and they're beating, Let's just say Penn State at the end of the year, Michigan's probably realistically being talked about getting in at that point. I do think that it almost like leads up to this game where. For both teams, you haven't played anyone. You haven't played anyone. You haven't played anyone. We just really want to see this last game of the year. Like, yeah, a lot of that is scheduling, but it's also you know the committee is all about recency bias as well. They're not, they are not valuing games in September or October the same way they are in November. It's just the reality. Agreed. All right. Can I ask you a question, all right. Judge Weaver? Are you ready? All rise. All right. All right. So I want you to take – you said in my scenario that USC was out, right? They had pro- – I'm going to guess that loss was probably to like UCLA this week. Um, mm-hmm. But they were out. So in my scenario, will the case of a one-loss USC team – so they went out, win the Pac-12 champ- championship, and would the loser of Ohio State – Michigan, or I'm sorry – I had to read this correctly. Sorry. So, would a one-loss USC team who's who has won out would they beat out for a college football playoff spot the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, or Tennessee? Like, would so, they beat would they beat them out? So, Dave, in this like, scenario, did they put the Pac-12 over one loss? Yeah.
1: So, so let's let's assume TCU is undefeated, right? All right, so that's your three playoff spots. Yep, TCU's in. Yep, Yep. they go undefeated. um, And then, obviously, Ohio State or Michigan, loser of that, or winner of that is in, obviously, and Georgia hasn't lost. They win the SEC championship, all that good fun stuff. So, all right, Dave, we have one loss USC, who's just won their conference title. And, Dave, on their way to doing that, they would have to do these three things. You'd have to beat UCLA, number 16 in the CFP ranking. You'd have to beat number 18, Notre Dame, in the CFP ranking. And then either number 10 or number 12 in the CFP ranking, which is Utah or Oregon. Now, (laughs) I have zero to no idea how you keep a team that just accomplished that out of the CFP playoff. Okay, loser of Michigan, and Ohio State, I'm going to set you to the side. That one's easy to me. Dave, recency bias, you're right. Uh, The strength of schedule, it wouldn't even hold a candle to what UCLA, or USC just went through that gauntlet. Now, where it gets interesting is Tennessee's case. So, Tennessee's case is, you're just sitting, and you're cruising down the canal in a canoe. You know what I mean? And you can see the finish line. There's the CFP finish line. You're headed to it. Nothing's happening. And then, like... Boom, all the water's dried up. <laughs> and you can't row your boat anymore. Like, it just, it, it can happen that fast, Dave. Because I don't see a way Tennessee gets in as a non-conference champion over the likes of a USC who just ran that table. Not to mention they have another top 25 win already in their back pocket over Oregon State. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that UCF, USC is likely to do this, Dave. What I'm saying is, this would be the complete chaos scenario for this committee. This committee wants nothing to do with this scenario because right now they're living on Easy Street. TCU goes undefeated. Okay, that's easy enough. Put them in. We get that. What do you do with the one loss Tennessee? Man, it would be a hard, hard sell for me. And
0: your one loss is to the best team in the country to Georgia.
1: I totally get that. But USC's one loss is to a number 10 ranked on the road uh, by one point. It's not like they got blown off. It's not a Clemson loss. A yep. Clemson loss to me is a knife in the heart. You know, um, Very tough to bounce back from that. They would need absolute chaos. But just focusing on this case, Dave, I've really got to give the nod to USC. Um, I think I would rule in the favor of of the USC Trojans over the Tennessee Volunteers in this case because you're not going to go to the conference championship, Tennessee. You don't have that extra win, you know, and that extra weekend win is going to do major favors for USC. What's your thoughts on that, Dave?
0: I agree. I I, I agree with you. I, I, I do. I think it ties into the scenario that you gave me, and and I, yeah, I don't see how you keep USC out. If they were to win out with this schedule, there's no way. But Brant, can I ask you a team that you that we haven't talked about a a two loss team? Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, the LSU. Key. If they run LSU the and when they SEC run the table, if they run the table and they beat Georgia in the SEC championship, now
1: what do you do? Abs- absolutely, this is another chaos scenario, but. There's no way there is. It's no possible way too. I, I I know, but I'm saying there's no way I'm on a committee and all three get in. I'm not putting all three of the SEC teams in there. I'm not doing it. Um,
0: but Brant, the SEC is king.
1: I totally get that, Dave. <laughs> and believe me, I hear it every day on Twitter, on any sort of show I listen to. I'm always reminded of how fantastic they are. And if we had a 12-team playoff, 11 of the 12 would be <laughs> SEC teams.
0: Right, right. Uh,
1: no, I, but, I totally agree. Well,
0: we, can't, we can't even talk smack this year. The Big Ten is so god-awful this yeah, year. Yeah, no, it's, it's like, really bad. Yeah.
1: But it's nice to see that the Big 12 is doing good, and the Pac-12 is good, and uh, the ACC is not very good. But, you know, the 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 fact that you have three or four okay to good conferences to challenge the SEC uh, makes me feel good. Yeah. Um, It makes me feel like there's more parity across college football as we transition into the 12-team playoff, Dave. I expect those scores of those college football playoff games, once we have the uh, 12-team playoff, to be a lot closer, to actually be really good ball games, especially when you get people on your home turf. That would be really cool to see. Uh, But as of for now, I'm going to rule in favor of USC Trojans. Tennessee, you'd have to sit out this college football playoff.
0: Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm... Yeah, I am in agreement with you uh, with that. And you did a good job answering that question since I totally butchered. I asked that question <laughs> like a three-year-old with marbles in my mouth. So, yeah. Okay, so- Dave. Let's, sorry about that.
1: <laughs> let's move on to uh, – let's leave the CFP court and let's move over to the NFL court. Keep your uh, gown and your gavel on. Uh, so in the case of the Detroit Lions, Dave, that's who you're going to be uh, dissecting here. Are you defending Dan Campbell at this point? Has this team turned the corner coaching-wise? And is this Lions team – is this the Lions team that you expected to see? What's the verdict on the season right now, Dave?
0: First of all, Dan doesn't need anybody to defend him, man. The dude's a total meathead. He's just – Come on, man. man. Come on, man. (laughs) It's on me. Yeah. No, I – I uh, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't happy for the Lions to win these last two games. Like, I'm happy for Dan. I've been cheering for Dan. Been saying that every every episode this year. I like Dan Campbell. Am I bought in? Uh, n- no, I'm not. I mean, I, I want them to keep winning. Uh, I, I think that this upcoming game on Sunday against the Giants will be very telling. I'm kind of leaving this out to see, like, how how do they play? Not even necessarily if they win. I mean, the Giants are a good team this year, but what's the game plan like? Like, do you compete with a uh, with a team that's on top of the NFC like that in a very weak NFC year? Like, I think the Giants are frauds, to be honest with you. I think that that record is inflated. I do not think that they are nearly as good as their record indicates. It's a winnable game for the Lions. Um, so. Yeah, I, I am keeping my eye on Sunday. I can't say, I can't say that I'm that I'm drinking the Kool Aid right now. That like this coaching staff has me bought in. That they are the answer to the future of the Lions. I mean, you're in this rebuild. You and I've heard, I've heard criticism on Dan Holmes, like a, or Dan Holmes, Brad Holmes, like a few weeks ago, and I think we even talked about it maybe on the podcast. Um, I didn't get that. I don't know. I I think Brad Holmes has done just a a fine job in the in the draft, and you're seeing these guys really do well. And he snagged some guys in the later rounds. That I I think Brad has done his job. I don't know if Dan is the guy yet as the head coach. It would be nice if he was. I think this franchise, this city has had so much turnover in that position. I mean, the head coach job at the Lions is where head coaches go to die and end their career. Like it's just, I. Hate to say that, but it really, there's a lot of truth to that. A lot of head coaches leave the NFL or they fall back to a coordinator position. They don't get promoted elsewhere into the league or end up coaching other NFL teams. So I think this is a one shot for Dan Campbell, and I think he knows that too. I think he was, when they hired him, they knew what they were getting. He was not an X's and O's guy. He has proved to us that he is not. Um, I think he's made some improvements with his coaching, his decision-making over these last couple of weeks. He also was part of the reason they lost some games early on in the season and deserved the criticism that he got. Um, But they they hired Dan to be a culture changer, to change the climate, to change the feel of this organization, this team, uh, these fans who are so loyal. And I don't think he's lost people yet. I think he was really, really close. He was really, really close to completely losing me, but no, I'm hanging on. I, I'm, I'm hanging on, and I'm, I'm giving him a, a, a fair chance. So um, we Dave, just gotta wait and see.
1: Is it fair to say that Dan's yeah. on probation in legal terms with you?
0: Yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, for, I forgot that I, I'm the I'm the judge here. Yeah. Yeah. So he's you're gonna on, give him he's probation? on probation. <laughs> yeah. He's got he's got a drop after every Sunday around four thirty, and yeah. He's got yeah. to prove no, that that his yeah no that's okay. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, I I think that uh, yeah that I guess if I'm ruling that's that's what I'm ruling. But no, Brant, I'm really not I'm not bought in. I'm just ca- I'm cautious right now. I'm cautiously optimistic that things are turning in the in the right direction, and I and I sure hope they are. All, All right. right. We'll make sure he comes and sees you. of the NFL by Grant. The end
1: of the season.
0: What's that? Go ahead. Say it again.
1: Sorry. I said we'll make sure he comes and sees you in oh. the next couple of months.
0: Right. <laughs> exactly.
1: All right, Judge Weaver, who has had the better
0: rookie campaign so far? Kenneth Walker or Aiden Hutchinson? And who's had the bigger impact on their team? I think this is a really good question.
1: So Dave, let me let me just start by their stats. Kenneth Walker has 580 some yards and uh, seven touchdowns, I believe. Um, didn't really play in the first couple weeks. Didn't get it going until like week three or four after the injury to uh, Chris Carson or Rashad Penny. Um, but either way, yeah. Rashad uh, Penny. Rashad Penny, yeah, really impressive, really impressive from him. Uh, and and we know Hutch's lines. I feel like five and a half sacks, the interception somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 tackles. Um, and, and what we've seen from Hutch right now is the highlight plays. Um, not to say that Kemp Walker hasn't had his highlight plays either. Uh, both of them have had standout plays where, and it's kind of getting to the point, Dave, where these two are like becoming synonymous with each other. Like, Who's outdoing who right now? And it's kind of weird to me. Like, I wonder if they're keeping an eye on each other right now. Like, is he up for the offensive rookie of the year? Is he up for defensive rookie of the year? Uh, He went to New York and I didn't get to go. Uh, Although my team beat his team. You know, they're they're just like kind of attached right now with everything that's going on with those two. So, I'm going to rule in the favor of Aiden Hutchinson right now. Just having a bigger impact. And let me tell you why. It's, oh, go ahead. Did you have something?
0: I was just saying, of course you are, you Michigan yuppie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, of course. Michigan slappy, whatever. No, and I'll tell you why, Dave. It is so, so incredibly tough to be a defensive end in the NFL comparative to the running back position, and that's not to take anything away from Kenneth Walker or what he's achieved so far. What Aiden Hutchinson is doing as a rookie right now is incredibly impressive to me. Um, I know there's been games where he's kind of went missing uh, from time to time. But as he learns to grow, as he develops that second move, and you're already starting to see the second and third moves, right, Dave? It's not just a bull rush anymore. You're kind of seeing the spin. You're kind of seeing the chop move. You're starting to see some of these expert moves that he's working into his repertoire. And uh, the one move I didn't know he had was the clothesline. Uh, when he flung around the end the other, or the yeah, that other was weekend sweet. against the Bears, uh, and, and that completely shut down a touchdown. Like that was amazing. Um, so
0: he also on the Je- on the Jeff Okuda pick pick six was literally oh, that was that play happened because of Hutch. He right. he was, was all right in up face. in Justin Fields grill.
1: Yes, correct. Good point, Dave. Um, thank you, Counselor. Um, One of the things that I I, I think about, too, uh, and and this is not to throw shade at Kenneth Walker either, is, you know, I think it's just a running back position in general. It's kind of a plug-and-play in the NFL, you know what I mean? And you can't really do that at defensive end. You don't just get, oh, I just picked up a stud defensive end off of uh, the waiver wire, I plugged him in, and he had four sacks. He had three sacks in the game. You know, he he had a forced fumble and a pick. Like that—that's that just doesn't happen. But you can kind of grab someone off off the wire, or you can go trade for a back, um, and and he can plug in three touchdowns. Like, look at how uh, you know—I know it's Christian McCaffrey, but he goes from the Panthers not doing a ton into the San Francisco, uh, you know, into the San Francisco system, and he gets three touchdowns in his first outing. Like, that's just, that's just the type of stuff that happens with running backs, I feel like. So, like I said, no slight on Kenneth Walker. He's had an amazing season. If I'm being honest, I think he probably wins Offensive Rookie of the Year, Dave. I really do. I, I don't see a ton of challenges for that. Um, as far as Defensive Rookie of the Year goes, uh, I don't know if Hutch will get it. Um, sauce
0: Gardner is a stud. Sauce, sauce Gardner is a stud. He's, he's,
1: got, he's got the pick six real... Um, you know, he's making amazing plays all over the place. The Jets are good. I think that's another thing that goes underrated in all this. So I would, I would lean Sauce Gardner for the Defensive Player of the Year. But I kind of like uh, Kenneth Walker as the Offensive Rookie of the Year, Dave. How about you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going through just in my head who were the offensive rookies. And I'm just thinking all those wide receivers who went early. Like Drake London looked really good, and then he hasn't played. He's supposed to be coming back. Garrett, Garrett Wilson <laughs> haven't yeah, seen Jameson Williams. Chris Olave is is good, um, yeah, but
1: but not like not like he's like yeah. I don't know. Christian
0: Watson literally yeah. just had his first touchdowns. So like
1: like when you watch Kenneth Walker, you're like wow, okay. Like he's he's doing multiple good things as a starter, and that's a that's a big thing too. Is I mean he's getting all of the reps right now.
0: So. K-9's a stud. I Yeah, I I, I like him and Hutch, to, to be honest with you. I And for the whole Michigan-Michigan State thing, I don't think either fan base can hate on either of these guys. Like, Kenneth Walker is a pretty likable guy. Like, he – I think he's going to be one of the better running backs in the NFL here in the next year. I really do. And – I think Hutch understands his role on the Lions right now. You heard it going into Michigan, Michigan State week. He's like, "Yeah, I'm not going to really talk about that. I know I got a lot of Michigan, Michigan State fans that both pull for the Lions, and of course I'm pulling for Michigan. But you know, I just want to see a good game. Like he's just kind of he's falling into his role too as a professional. And hey, man, you got two good ones coming out of the state of Michigan, so that's something to be proud about for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, all right, Dave. So we're going to take. Oh, go ahead.
0: Nope. It's all you, man.
1: Okay. So we're going to take the NFL court, and we're going to put that away, and we're going to get our last ruling of the night, Dave. Um, we're going to take on just the sports court in general. Dave, give us a ruling on the best sports time of year. Are we living it right now? Like, are these next two to three weeks? Um, and I guess really four weeks, because we can we can kind of count in the bowl season uh, as a part of this as well um, and all the chaos that might ensue over the next couple weeks college basketball has started the nba is going nhl is going um nfl's in full swing um you're starting your playoff races for that is this the best time of year
0: such a subjective question but (laughs) um
1: i guess it depends on
0: what judge this is like yeah and and to be honest with you dude like yeah if yeah if you ask me that question like right now today, like I'd say yeah, like this is the most exciting time. Last year I felt the same way because a lot of that falls on like Michigan football and where they're at like normally, I'm kind of just dreading this Ohio State game and know that it's not going to go well and I don't it's just always such a cloud and then they finally beat Ohio State so I'm like excited again like this time of year. It is exciting because you got basketball now in full force. But my personal, I mean, there, there's other times a year that are just awesome, dude. Like March Madness, like not, on March Madness is just like unmatched. But for me personally, I think my fate because I am such a football guy. For me, I love. Uh, gosh, once. That beginning of September period where it's still just like beautiful and warm outside and football kicks off for the first time and college footballs in action, NFLs in action, that is for me anyway, that is my favorite time of of year. As a sports fan, what about you, Brant?
1: Yeah, uh, I bet you do love September when Michigan's playing three really tough teams. <laughs> yeah. No. That was a that was a terrible non-conference. Like you got to work in one nice good game. Like this is UCLA. Good they could have had it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, all right, Dave. No, I I think March Madness is my favorite time of year. I think you've heard me say it before. I just there's something about that um, you know three week span that I am just fully invested in all the teams. All the games I'm totally bought in I'm gambling like crazy, you know I'm having a ton of I'm having a ton of fun well, we
0: um, know who you are we know
1: <laughs> um but no i i I think this year um I think this year a little a cherry on top of all the football is uh that people aren't talking about is the world cup like the World cup starts this weekend dave that like out of nowhere right. Um, because it's in uh, Qatar or Cutter or whatever, whatever however you pronounce that country's name. Um, you say?
0: Did you just say Cutter? <laughs>
1: well, i heard it pronounced Qatar and Cutter. <laughs> All right. It's like uh, when people say Canada. <laughs> Forever
0: will be Cutter. Like, yeah. I'm from Ovid, Michigan. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so anyway. I would just say with that being tossed on there too that this might be the best time of year because Michigan is undefeated. You get um you get the Ohio State Michigan game and you get USA versus England in the same weekend. That's really cool. You get all of the, you know, the CFP is decided on that Sunday. Just going to be a really cool weekend coming up for Thanksgiving weekend, Dave. I'm pretty pumped for it.
0: Let 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 me ask you something, Brant, and then we can move on to the bets. You mentioned the bowl season earlier. Is it just me? I don't get excited for the bowl season at all actually, which is just so telling just in terms of how uh bad these bowl games are and how nobody cares about them. Maybe maybe some people do, but I don't look I don't look forward to it. Like those end of December games, like don't really care. Like I'll watch them, but the games I really care about even like when the good teams are playing that are not in the CFP then the best players don't play cuz there's no reason to play and i i just don't i don't look forward to it anymore do you you know
1: yeah i i i had fun watching the well i guess having fun and and being actually invested in it is two different things but like the Utah Ohio State Rose Bowl last year i thought was really cool like i thought that was a really cool game that
0: was a good game that was a good game
1: <laughs> okay and, and you know but but you're kind of right, Dave. Like, when, when you have Pitt versus Michigan State last year and Kenneth Walker and Kenny Pickett don't play, you're kind of like, eh, I mean, really, who cares? Like, that game immediately lost all its luster. Um, so, yeah, Dave, I can definitely see that. Uh, I'll be excited. Even if Michigan does miss out on the CFP this year, they, they will end up in the Rose Bowl, which is obviously a, normally a really cool consolation prize. But, um, you know, with the way that things are trending – that just kind of that just kind of sucks you know <laughs> like maybe we get a cool opponent like Oregon or something and it'd be cool to play them but you know let's get to this 12 team playoff as soon as possible let's really hope that they can pull this off next year and we don't have to wait any longer Dave
0: yeah I don't know if it'll be next year but I I, I am I I'm with you I, I I need the expansion like ASAP all right Brent yeah. Give us the bets.
1: All right, Dave, let's get into the bets. Um, so we have Illinois, and we've been talking about it already. They're traveling to the big house. Uh, senior Day for Michigan. I saw it at 17-and-a-half. I think it just moved to 18 today. Um, let's play the 17-and-a-half line, though.
0: I'll take Michigan to cover 17-and-a-half.
1: You think they do it late, or you think like they're in control of this thing the entire time?
0: Uh, I think in the second half. I think the second half you're going to see another dominant performance, at least winning by three touchdowns.
1: Dave, you? I'm going to I'm going to take Illinois here. I could see this as a 35 20, 27 game or something like maybe they backdoor late, um, 35 21 type deal. Uh, I, I I do like the way that Michigan's trending right now, but. I think that Illinois gets some offense going. I don't think our defense has really been tested quite like this yet. And so I would expect more points than, um, than what we've been giving up lately. And I could even see us in a dogfight fight in the first half for sure. So um, I'll take the 17-and-a-half with Illinois. Uh, TCU at Baylor. This line just reeks. I don't know what it is. Baylor getting two and a half at home.
0: Oh, man. You know what? (laughs) I'm going to take Baylor plus two and a half. I think TCU's time is, uh, they're they're on upset alert for me this weekend.
1: Man, they feel like they're on upset alert every single week. (laughs) Right? They they feel like they're Cinderella and, like, their carriage is literally turned into a pumpkin, like, as they're going down the road. Um... I like I like uh, I like TCU here though. I think they can win by a field goal. But you know Vegas just knows, man. Like this two and a half point line is terrifying to me. That just screams they're begging you to. Oh yeah, get on TCU. It's only three points. Dave, that might be a smart play from you. All right, UC- USC yep. traveling to the Rose Bowl. UCLA getting two and a half at home. Same type of
0: this loss. is this is my game game of the week yep love it oh I, I I'm gonna take the, the 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 home team again here I'll take UCLA plus two and a half um, I just really want to see UCLA win this game I don't I don't want to see Lincoln Riley I don't want I don't want to see him in the CFP this uh year one
1: Dave I'm gonna ride with you I'm a ride with you on the UCLA. I think they're scorned from last week. Do you know that they lost to Arizona last week?
0: Yeah, like a a weird, sneaky little loss there.
1: Yeah, to like kick them out of CFP contention. Like, just a I weird like checked way that score
0: the morning, and yeah, it
1: like, was like a very strange one. Um, but uh, I would, <laughs> you know, what I'm done with the lock of the year. I'm done with all the locks. I'm just done with them. But if you're if you're willing to look at an extra line. Look at the over on this thing and probably hit it. These teams do not love defense. So, um, all right, Dave, that wraps it up with the college game. All right, let's go Lions-Giants, man. Giants favored by three at home.
0: I'll take the Lions. Lions plus three. I'm confident that the Lions are are either going to be close or just close enough to get this thing done. I don't believe in the Giants.
1: Man, first you put Dan on probation, and now you believe in him? He's coming off probation, dude. Soon he's going to be living up in your crib. You're going to have a nice little dude, Dan Campbell I'm, suite in your I'm house ta- for him.
0: Dude, I'm taking his tether off if he wins this game.
1: <laughs> All right, man, let's see what we got here. All right, I'll, I'll rock with the Giants to cover the three. Lions have been riding on some sort of magical carpet ride these last couple games. I see it coming crashing down this weekend. Uh, Cowboys at Vikings. Dave, why are the Vikings getting a point and a half at home? This is another stinky line. Yeah. I,
0: mm. God, I'm still so bitter that the Cowboys lost to the Packers last
1: weekend. I, Um, I know you're going to talk about that real quick. Can we talk about the Bills Vikings real quick? Was that the craziest oh, game that you've seen crazy. in a while? <laughs>
0: crazy. Maybe. Maybe in a weird way, you you should have ruled out Josh Allen. Man, the way that <laughs> game ended. Yeah. Maybe Case
1: Keenum can take it. Take a sneak from the one.
0: Something right? Golly. Oh, Brant. I. I hate to do this, but I'm going to take the Vikings plus one and a half. I, I just this just screams like the time of year that our cowboys just wilt. And I hope that's not the case, but God I just do not have a ton of faith in Mike McCarthy. What about you?
1: It's gonna to be tough for me to pick the Cowboys playing against Kirk Cousins not in prime time. But I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take the Cowboys to cover one and a half. I think they're probably pretty upset at how last week ended. The Vikings have been the luckiest team in the NFL, Dave. The absolute luckiest team in the NFL. they played multiple backup quarterbacks. They get Josh Allen to fumble in his own end zone to win a game. Outrageous. Give me the Cowboys. I'm so sick of Kirk Cousins. All right. Chiefs at Chargers. Chargers getting five and a half at home.
0: Wow. I... I think this is going. This is a Sunday night game. I think yeah. this is this is this game. Yeah, this is going to be definitely the uh, game of the game of the week. I would say I'll take the Chargers plus five and a half. Gosh, that seems like a lot of points for them to you know, be getting at at home.
1: Division rival. That is way too many points. I think they. they I think this is the same line they had earlier in the year, um, and they were they covered it. So I will take I will take the five and a half. Uh, with the chargers as well that that was kind of a no-brainer to me dave
0: yep yep i uh, i'm with you cool all right brandt garage takes listeners we appreciate you joining in for another episode and like i said at the beginning if you have not done so already make sure you like follow subscribe to the podcast leave us a five-star review positive comment goes a long way is the best way to support the podcast um, I also wanted to let everybody know as well, and we are going to make sure we get this up on social media, but shout out DRB Fiber once again for sponsoring the Aiden Hutchinson jersey giveaway uh, to Mike Wicker, and I can tell you, Mike, that I have the jersey in my possession as of today, and we'll be hand delivering that to him tomorrow at work, so we'll make sure we get a picture of Mike Get it up on the uh, on the Garage Takes Facebook page, and we appreciate the support. So we're out of here, and we will see you all next time. Powered by Riverside.